comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Episode 273. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have thirty minutes to move your car. Your car. You have thirty minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half-hour wasted. Tonight's episode: the startling conclusion. So I uh, took off my mask, and uh, the guy at the con said, Hey, you're not Peter Mayhew. <laughs> That's funny, Frank. Oh, Frank, you're such a card. You know what, Bill? That, he, was, that he, was a bad... He really is the ah! the heart of the show. Ah! <laughs> that was a bad... First off, that was a bad Frank impression, and that wasn't a great... Sorry. That wasn't a great you didn't Frank like the, laugh. You didn't like the Peter Mayhew line? Kind of had oh, a little, okay. Okay. little June Bob Kim laugh in there. You know, yeah, there definitely is a little JB in there. So, all right, welcome. I'm eating pretzels. Yes, welcome to episode 273. I could pick this up if you need. I've half hour wasted. Where we are continuing, let's just jump right into it. Yes, continuing our talk with Jean Luc Picard. I mean, Jean Luca yes. Glazier. Jean Luca Glazier. Yes, Jean Luca. <laughs> Jean Luc. <laughs> You live yeah. on the second floor? No, um, you've never heard that wow, one. Wow, you're just yeah. emptying the whole closet out right now, aren't That's you? That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I used to glaze donuts because I'm a glazer. That's oh. fantastic. Right. Just Last time on Half Hour Wasted. Um, we started talking about something, so remind the listeners hmm? what we were talking about. Shh, and I said, shh, I said, shh. stop. Oh. Save it. You've teased it, so let's save it. Yes. So remind awesome. us remind us what we were about to jump into. All right. Well, uh, I used to work for Boom Studios and then Radical Publishing. And Radical Publishing did an interesting book called Incarnate that was written and uh, the pencil artwork was done by Gene Simmons' son, Nick, Nick Simmons. Gene Simmons, if you don't know, is like one of the founders of Kith, the band Kith. I am holding issue three in my hands right now. Awesome. It's probably worth quite a bit on eBay. Is it really? Really. Bill, look I think over you, there. You, you get 20 bucks for it. <laughs> Bill, look over there. <laughs> Don't rest your beer on that. No, Bill, look over there. Uh, we'll <laughs> eBay it and give, put the money in the budget. How's that? Technically, it go. can't be sold anymore. But oh. you can sell it on eBay. You wow. can sell it. Okay, yeah. so what's the, what's the hubbub? Uh, the hubbub about it is, is that we ended up having to recall the book. Um, wow. it, it's kind of an interesting experience regarding that particular book okay so he's gene simmons son um they do this show on a and e called gene simmons family jewels it's uh have you seen the show, show. It's, have you seen the show it's terrible it's pretty bad nick nick doesn't <laughs> nick seems like 
he's a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. <laughs> I mean, am, am I wrong? You don't he's think... a nice kid. I'm sure he I, I is, think but... He gets bad advice. I think okay. he personally just gets bad career advice. Uh, well, his dad well, is Gene yeah, Simmons. When your dad's worth half a billion, I guess, unless you get cut off, there's no such thing as bad career advice. There, their house is huge, by the way. I have been to it a few times during the time I was working with him on the book. Oh, uh, hey, Cal. Promoting the book. I've got two words considering, uh, concerning that show. Is one of them yeah. Shannon and the other one Tweed? Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to steal your thunder there. Ba-boom! I was totally guessing. Okay, continue, please. It, it's kind of weird, too. Yeah, I did used to watch those movies of hers growing up. So you never think, movies. Oh, I'm yeah, not sure I'm what gonna... you're talking about. <laughs> movies. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Let's just movies. Say you have to have a cable uh, move service on. to access those. Right. You, you never think. Okay, I'm going to meet this lady later on. But um, no, he's he, he was a good kid. I think he just got kind of it, interesting or bad career advice. Um, he he's actually a big comic fan. He went to. I don't know if he's graduated yet, but uh, he was going to college. Um, you know, for an art degree. Um, he wanted to draw and deal with comic books. I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, but he basically, uh, my boss at the Radical, Barry Levine, the, one of the co-founders, knows Gene Simmons because Barry used to be a rock photographer, famous one, did some iconic um, images for Kiss. Okay. So we were trying to do something with Gene, but Gene kind of passed his son on to us you know, because his son's trying to be an artist. This book, Incarnate, was originally supposed to be published through, I think, IDW at the time, originally. Sorry. That's oh, yeah. my favorite Kiss song ever. <laughs> awesome. So it was an interesting experience. So, yeah, we got him an inker. We got him a colorist. Um, and, you know, we have, like, a top-notch editor working with him on this book. And I... You know, my job is marketing guys trying to promote him, to promote the book, and get him to do interviews and such. And I would be like, hey, so let's set up something with you and Comic Book Resources. You know, they're a pretty big site. And he would, you know, and I would try to assure him that it's a legitimate site and, you know, show him, oh, look, you know, they've interviewed <laughs> Stan Lee, they've interviewed Mark Wade. You know, this is a good site. And he's like, I don't want to do Comic Book Resources. I'm like, what? And it's just like I have to worry about my image, you know. I, I gotta like you know be. I want to do Premier Magazine and you know all this other kind of like okay. stuff. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I'll see what we can do, you know. Try to see if USA Today might want to run a story, but because they had done a story, I remember a couple of years ago, on Nicholas Cage and his son when his son did a book. <clears throat> so. It was tough. We fi- I finally, you know, we finally were able to convince him to do like certain interviews. But when I had like other sites, not so big sites, like a site called Indie Pulp, you know, he would be like, "Yeah, I, I have to worry about my image." I'd be like, "Okay." Um, and, and it's tough, you know. You're only- silver spoon, looks- man. Silver spoon. That's amazing. But I, I don't know if it's him. I think it's like his dad. He would maybe ask his dad for his advice, and his dad would be like, "What?" What are you going to do to this, you know? I think his dad kind of like you the whole go image go thing. Go so, Sharon! <laughs> that's Ozzy. I know. I'll, I'll find your remote later, I'm being okay. silly. I'm yeah. being silly. Um, so the first, it was a three-issue miniseries. Uh, first issue came out in San Diego. Um, that was cool. 
Um, second issue came out like a couple months later, and then we did a third issue, and that came out. And we're working on the trade paperback of the book. And I can remember like certain things that just amused me. Like we're creating supplemental material, so these designers create this thing where you know it's like an art gallery where there's these different pages on one page, and they wanted to kind of make it look a little three dimensional or whatever. So you have these what looks like old paper, you know resting on the page. It looks like it's old paper. It's just all designed that way. Yeah. So, you know, and it's got like little cuts and tor- tears on the side of the paper and there's like a little rock, you know, on each corner kind of holding the corners down. And I remember he'd see that and he'd be like, I don't want there any cuts on that paper. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I don't want people to think I write on like cut paper or <laughs> messy paper. <laughs> So this wow, <laughs> things like that. How old is this? How old is this kid at the time? He was twenty at the time. He was twenty years old. You know, he was pretty out of touch. If you ask and me, it was kind of funny. Like for the signing for the third I- issue of the book, it's like, yeah, you know, Golden Apple's doing this twentieth anniversary party. Do you want to sign for that? He's like, are there going to be any celebrities there? I'm like, well, Steve Niles, who you know wrote Thirty Days a Night, is going to be there. And he's like, any movie stars? I'm like. No. (laughs) He's like, no, I don't want to do it. My image. (laughs) So right before we're about to put the hardcover book to press, um, we get this email sent to our website. And someone's telling us, hey, man, this guy's copying. You know, he's a tracer. He's copying books and stuff. Oh, no. Don't publish this guy. And I'm just like, whatever. You know, you see a lot of crazy people in this industry. But then a lot more emails were coming, and we were wondering what was causing this. So we, you know, I did a search, and there was this message board on, I think, Anime News Network. It was where it started, and somebody had found like this particular volume twenty-six of the of Bleach. You know, this particular book. I don't even know if it was even published in the states. It may have been published in Japan. Okay, but somebody had like a side-by-side comparison of the artwork, uh, a panel from this particular page and a panel from Incarnate. And it was like pretty darn identical. That's one thing is is Incarnate uh, is uh, the only title that I have seen from Radical that Mm -hmm. absolutely looks like anime. There's just there's no question about it. It was a Western anime, and yeah. it didn't do well, honestly. It didn't sell that well. It did great at conventions and stuff like that because people wanted to see Gene and, and Shannon okay. along with Nick. Uh, but it, for comic book retailers, they don't sell – people want actual anime. They, they don't care for the English anime that reads like a normal – like an American comic book. Okay. So it didn't do that well. And a funny story, too, was that uh, – so let me first get to this part here. So we saw this happening, and then this message board grew. It was 20 pages, 40 pages, 60 pages, 100 pages, 200 page you know, yeah. comments because people kept finding more and more stuff, and more and more sites were picking up on it. And then like it almost – people were trying to get this thing on TMZ. There was just a hardcore group of people doing that. And for a whole week, Nick Simmons did not comment on this. <laughs> now, I mean, he told us that he did not trace, um, that he was paying homage to some of his favorite manga books, um, but some of that evidence is pretty damning, you know? Wow. Now, so, are- we had 
had to inform Diamond. We had to release a statement the day that this news came out to us that same day. And then for like a week, we were just kind of watching everything unfold. And we had to inform Diamond to no longer distribute the three books and tell the printer to not print the, this particular hardcover either. So it was just just literal well, plagiarism. Is, is that is plagiarism just uh, just literary or is it artistic it's, also? I mean, it's, it's artistic plagiarism. Okay. Um, you know, Rob Liefeld used to do it. If you go online, you can find um, images that Rob Liefeld had traced from other people. Greg Land is another guy that did it, but... I guess when these guys did it, the internet wasn't such a big deal. Um, communication wasn't so, pro, you know, out there. But now, oh my goodness! I mean, yeah, there was a huge uproar, huge amounts of people. The guy who created Bleach didn't take it so badly. He had a funny comment about it. Um, I had like the unfortunate task of having to go through and catalog every kind of instance um, for Viz Media. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then I went to Comics Pro, like, you know, a few months later, and this retailer comes up to me. It was so funny. He's like, yeah, I wanted to compliment you on this book. I'd been sitting on it, a bunch of copies. I couldn't sell them for anything. <laughs> and then the story broke, and I knew where he was going with this. <laughs> and he's like, then I sold all of it on eBay for three times the original price. Nice. Dang. <laughs> so, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That's that's uh, the well. Genius. I think that's just further evidence about just how out of touch this kid was with reality. So I just find it kind of ironic that he was very worried about his image, and now he's doing rock music because his image as a comic book artist is is forever tarnished. And I think if maybe he had fessed up sooner or even fessed up at all, because his statement, you know, they sh- his lawyers showed us his statement, and we told the lawyer that you know. You shouldn't release this. It's you don't admit to anything, and I guess maybe that's why. Okay, you know, the lawyer told him to release the statement, but you know the crowd's going to get angry over this. They're not going to like this because they know it's there. <laughs> There's like even a blog that like cataloged everything all on one page, so you can see, you know, and gave constant <laughs> updates on everything going on with the scenario. Exhibit A for the prosecution, huh? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's. Cow. It's just pretty bad. They even like put the image over his images, you know, to show exactly how much they match. Well, that's amazing to deny it too, uh, when that evidence is just so clear. Um, also, the fact yeah. that you that you just deny, deny, deny when we have. If there's one thing we've learned in America, it's that Americans. Well, other oh, yeah. than knocking people off pedestals, Americans love to forgive. If you sure. come to the American people and say, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake, and we see this um, for, yeah. for the, the 3% of our listeners who are also sports fans like I am, mm-hmm. uh, you see it in sports all the time. And you're seeing uh, what Roger Clemens is going through because he won't admit it and yeah. how easy it is on the, on the people who do admit it and do ask, yeah. beg for forgiveness. Well, um, the, the forgiveness yeah. is almost always granted. Sometimes now here's the deal though is that some of these guys that you're talking about they had big accomplishments like someone like a Rob Liefeld yeah you know had big accomplishments before these kind of scandals happened um, in this particular case you had a kid who is the son of somebody famous never worked in the comic book industry before was basically handed you know a book to be published yeah. you know with a publisher at the time 
And a lot of guys in the industry would just, you know, give the right arm for that, that work for years and, and never get this kind of an opportunity. You know, he had some good, um, an anchor with him. He had a good colorist with him, mm-hmm. a good letter, you know. He had a good support team around him, and he blew it. Well, and he was, <laughs> uh, uh, Nick was the writer and penciler. Uh, yes. on uh, Incarnate. Uh, he did have, as you right. said, uh, he had a good support system around him, but uh, that's yeah. basically his creation. It um, is. It, yeah, you get a lot of celebrities, too, that are involved in a book, you know, that really don't do anything. You know, like we almost did a book with Samuel L. Jackson. He did it with Boom called Cold Space. Oh, cool. The main character looks like Samuel L. Jackson, but, you know, this other guy wrote it. You know, how much really... You know, oh, I created it, you know, well, yeah, I came up with a story idea, but then we hired a real writer to write it and a real artist to draw it. So the selling point prior to this whole scandal was, yeah, he was an actual creator celebrity that was actually really involved in his book. And there was a lot of props on that account. But then you kind of shot that. <laughs> wow. And, and uh, we were at, at the uh, the con uh, a couple weeks ago. The Dallas Comic Con uh, just came and went, and it was a glorious success, I guess, unless you were actually there uh, Saturday morning, <laughs> in which case you kind of wondered if you were ever going to catch your breath. Yeah, don't get me started. I know. I, I won't. Um, but um, uh, we had a, a, a mutual friend, uh, uh, June Bob, uh, June Bob Kim, who's a... Uh, an aspiring uh, rising artist. Um, Jean-Luca, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Um, I can get, get one. I get one real quick. Sure. <laughs> okay. Bam, 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 bam. I want you to write this web address down. Sure. I'm going to spell it out. Sure. J-U-N. J-U-N. B-O-B. B-O-B. K-I-M. Jim Dot com. Dot com. Awesome. As soon as we're done recording, I want you to grab a an icy cold beverage, get in All your right. comfy chair with your laptop, and just look uh-huh. at this look at this guy's art. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. And, and he's uh, he's he's one of those guys who uh, has really put work into his craft, and uh, uh, you know you you can see you can see the evolution. And, and he's he's one of those classic people that's his own worst critic. He talks about, he talks about the faults in his art. Uh, whereas people who are, uh, uh, amateurs, uh, look at it and go nice. Good yeah. Luck. He's, Good luck, he's bro. one of the most humble, yeah. n- nicest people you ever meet. But my point was maybe you remember who he was talking to, uh, Brad, uh, but he was Sean McKeever. That's exactly what it was. Thank you. Uh, but he, he, uh, uh brought his portfolio, uh, to oh. the convention, showed oh. it around a bunch. He showed his portfolio to Brian Stelfreeze. Okay. Um, but he, he also did have a long conversation yeah. with Sean McKeever. Now this wasn't, uh, this wasn't advice, uh, in terms of this is how you actually produce a comic book, but advice that he was given on how to increase your, the, the quality of your art, a uh, way to, uh, to, you know, to get there was to do a lot of tracing. And uh, June Bob said, <laughs> "June Bob said, I've never traced anything in my life." He said, "You should start. If nothing else, it introduces you." And I'm paraphrasing, but if nothing else, it introduces you to the way other people do it. It, it broadens your your horizons. A okay, let bit. let's give credit where credit is okay. due. If memory serves, yes, it wasn't either one of those two people that told him to trace. Okay, I think yeah. it was Neil Adams. Really, I believe so. Okay. I believe it was Neil Adams because he spoke to all three of those guys. Yeah. And and we and I was really bummed out. <laughs> I was really bummed out that June Bob did not have the guts to ask Neil Adams uh, if he truly believes that the Earth is expanding. Hmm. 
No. Have you ever uh, have you ever looked at uh, Neil Adams's uh, um, his scientific theories? They're interesting. No, no. I, I know his writing is kind of interesting. Well, he um, I love him as an artist. Yeah, and and I, I you know I'm one of those people that you know I the 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 Batman you know the the Len Wein uh, Neil Adams Batman's of the 70s. You you probably uh, were there too, um, or at least you may have caught up with it. But uh, yeah, Neil Adams art it's just it blew me away when I was a kid. Uh, maybe he he might have been my favorite artist. But uh, he now stuff. he now has a uh, a theory. It's a scientific theory, and I'm not joking. That um, that uh, there's this uh, concept called, and I hope I'm getting the term right, universal expansion. Um, he believes that the Earth is physically larger than it was uh, when it was created, and that explains why Pangaea was a time hundreds of millions of years ago when all the continents on the Earth were one big blot, and then yes. they broke apart over you know hundreds of millions of years. Neil mm-hmm. Adams believes that the Earth was actually smaller enough at that time that land covered the planet's surface, and that the reason the continents mm. uh, are or where they are now is because the Earth has expanded. Um, it's getting fat. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Earth's waistline has expanded, and that's why land does not cover the entire surface of the Earth anymore. Um, it, it begs a lot of uh, fairly remedial scientific questions, and I don't guess sure. we need to get into them Much now. Much like me after a night at CeCe's Pizza. Dang. Don't, <laughs> hey, don't tease me. Uh, the kids wanted to go to CeCe's last night so badly. Have they had I, dinner tonight? They kind of had they the semi-dinner. They had, they had superfood dinner. Maybe we should hit dinner. there after uh, Maybe we're so. done recording. Yeah, well. We're wrap this up and we're, head out? We're, no, we're, better, we're better now, but, uh, but, but last night we're on our way home. and we're, You know what? I'm really liking the, the dynamic without Frank here. Uh, this is really kind of a treat. I'm really, well, we don't have to know. worry about Frank browbeating us. And, I know. And well, and and he hits us with writing. Have you notice I've done a lot more talking in these last two episodes. You know, without I like it. Without Frank, you being have here. shined. Hmm. I, I'm I'm my normal <laughs> idiot self. You have risen to the occasion, and it's appreciated. But so we're on our way home from Zoe's softball practice yesterday. This is one of those tangents we warned you yeah. about. By and, the way, and the kids are yes. are killing me to go to CC's, and it's like. I would love to go to CC's. I want to go to CC's so bad. But you know here's why the I math. Go to CC's? I'll tell you Sa- why. Sash, all uh, you can eat pizza. The, the professor, no. the Actually, lovely professor, it or not. is in Hearst. Yes. Um, tonight. Uh, and, and last night. Okay. Tonight also. Um, but uh, the lovely professor is in Hearst. And it's like, she may need 15 bucks in gas to get back home. I don't know. Hearst is, Hearst is, dang, is an hour's drive from here mm. if there's any traffic. If you run into if you run into bad traffic, it's an hour. It could possibly be depending on it, how you it, get yeah. there. Um, but um, I, I looked at the uh, I looked I looked on my little app on my Droid X two. Oh sure, and it said that the bank account had seventeen whole dollars in it. Oh my gosh! And I'm sitting there doing the math. Wow. It's like it's going to cost us fourteen to go to CC's because we got uh, you know Zoe's ten, so she busted mm-hmm. through that child slash adult barrier. And uh, you know me, of course, they're going to charge me the full four ninety nine. Right. Sage gets in for two ninety nine, but you know it's like you know there's like tax and you now they're going to want drinks and liquid and stuff. You'll and drink you know, water and you'll like it. And I'm wow. like. Kids, I would love to take you to CC's, but we've got like we've got like seventeen bucks, and it'll cost us like fifteen to go to CC's. And just, I can't risk that. Yeah, and it took them almost the rest of the evening to forgive me. At least it took them until we got home, and I let them watch uh, Warehouse Thirteen on Netflix, and then yeah. it all then it all got better. Being an adult sucks, doesn't it, Bill? It's not all it's cracked up to yeah, be. I, I've told the kids more than once. Um, you know, there's no rush growing up. 
there's just absolutely no rush because unless you're lucky enough to grab onto a job that you hold on to for the next 35 years, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's going to be uh, periods of uh, intense disappointment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all, that's all good. Um, where were we? Uh, well, oh, I don't remember where we were, but uh, <laughs> where where should we go? But that, well, that that kind of brings me to uh, um, you said last episode, uh, Jean Luca, that yeah. uh, that you are now a freelancer. I am a freelance guy. Yeah, and uh, uh, Brad and I are both technically freelancers, and and of course we don't we work in video similar production. industries, but we clearly don't have the same you know skills, job titles, whatnot. Oh, you mean you and I work in. It's compared with Gianluca, wow. similar in- industries. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, no, we, you're talking about I, you and me specifically. Well, I mean, I'm talking about all three of us. Right. Uh, you yeah. and I, Brad, uh, are, are roughly parallel. Um, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, clearly, um, your marketing skills are, <laughs> you know, part of the reason why uh, why you are. Uh, I think he's looking at on his top watch. of the well, head now. I, I I worked with two startup companies. And so I kind of learned a lot about the publishing industry. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a lot of help for a company like uh, Benaroya Publishing, which is published through Image Comics, yes. or a uh, Canadian uh, publishing company, Renegade Arts Entertainment, or for individuals, yeah. you know, like Sam Sakar, who did The Vault through Image Comics. Yeah, and uh, Benaroya, are you, um, uh, you're, you're working uh, with them, not for them, clearly. Yes. Um, and uh, I guess the same goes for uh, uh, Renegade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They be, just, I'm freelance with them. Okay. Because if they you, like me. <laughs> if you follow, uh, if you follow um, Mr. Jean Luca on uh, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, yeah. uh, LinkedIn, those kind of places, uh, you'll find that he, uh, uh, he gives, uh, he gives a lot of love to um, uh, Renegade. And, and frankly, uh, with your background with Radical, I mean, I just got to the point where, um, you know, I if you told me something was good, I'm going to give it a chance. Now, that's whether cool. you know whether I agree Appreciate with you that. after the fact, you know, it is certainly you know that's Absolutely. that's up to me. But um, but I'm fascinated though of Renegade. It, it's really such an interesting little known company. You know, well, and it looks like uh, I don't know much about them, but it looks like they uh, they want to be kind of full service. Now, I don't mean like cradle to grave, you know, <laughs> uh, turnkey kind of production, but they're yeah. interested in movies. They're interested in, in uh, television. They're interested in comic books. Uh, it just they are. seems they're, like they're, they're, they don't have a lot of boundaries. Of, they, yeah. They're more of kind of a creator uh, kind of thing um, going on. It, it's, it's really interesting. They work with, you know, the movie Hellraiser, you know, with Pinhead oh, and, yeah. the and all that stuff. They work with Doug Bradley who, who played Pinhead you know, and they do these audiobooks with him where really? he does these classic stories from Edgar Allan Poe and they've had Robert England, you know, you know, do these. It's called Spy, uh, Doug Bradley's Spine Chillers is done through Renegade. Oh, how cool. And, yeah, you got Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator doing that. And that's just one aspect. They work with Alan Grant on a lot of stuff. Um, he, he did Batman and Judge Dredd. Um, they have this historical book coming out in, in the middle of June called, called The Loxleys in the War of 1812. Yeah. Um, the guy who's the colorist for Animal Man, the, the new DC 50, you know, the new 52 DC mm-hmm. book, uh, Laverne Kaczynski, he colors this particular book. And he writes a book, um, a trilogy that's called Shame, um, that's got artwork all by John Bolton. Um, the first book came out in 2011. 
And uh, this, they have another. Uh, it's going to be a trilogy. The second part comes out sometime in late 2012. Okay. And it's just, it's really amazing. They do all this stuff, and it's like, wow, you work with John Bolton, you work with Alan Grant, you work with Laverne, you know, you got Doug Bradley doing the audiobooks. You know, why don't more people know about you guys? And um, so, yeah, I do a bit of promotion for them too. That's- I met them at uh, Fan Expo Canada. That's cool. Um, let me have you uh, pass along some for me. Tell them that uh, who, sure. whatever they're paying the people who are reading their audiobooks, I will undercut them big time. <laughs> just I just want on the door. So, uh, so other than that, uh, we're, we're all good here. And I think I'm joking about that. We'll see. You shouldn't um, be, though, because Bill needs to be doing voice work. <laughs> He's got a voice. You, you really well, his name is – we call him The Voice. And then yeah. I, I did Twitter. not I, – I do not believe that one should ever give – oneself a nickname so i didn't do that that's not me if i had your voice and a head full of hair i'd probably take over the world i got half that (laughs) yeah bill has bill has barely any hair. well if you'd seen me when i was in my late 20s it would have been on bill's Um, nickname back then was hollywood i well you know what i started losing and i have to this day i will go to my grave having no idea if this is mere coincidence or not but Mm um i uh i hit 28 and I became a uh, director, uh, as in a video production director, the, the guy that sits sure. there and goes, take camera one, take camera two, put the key in, that kind of stuff. And awesome. uh, from the day I became a director, my hair started falling out. Wow. And it could be complete coincidence because I was 28. That's about the time that kind of thing happens. The cameras. Um, yeah. I mean, it had nothing to do with, uh, with the, the lovely misses. Uh, uh, luckily we got married, uh, before I was suffering noticeable hair loss, I could tell, but in the wedding pictures, uh, I still, I'm still looking all right. You know, yeah. nowadays I'm a goof. I, I don't even, you know, I don't, I don't even put a guard on the, uh, the, the dog clippers I used to yeah. you know shave my head down with. <laughs> I don't shave my head. I'm no Telly Savalas. I don't believe in that, 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 that cue ball look, you know, right. a, a man should keep a little bit much like I put the eighth inch guard on mine. much like Captain Picard. Yeah. I you put know? the eighth inch yeah. guard on mine. Yeah. Yeah. I put the, uh, what they call the, the blending guard right, on it right, or whatever. Right. It's, it's the, the mm-hmm. smallest one. And, um, yeah, hopefully you don't, uh, you know, Nick, you know, the back of your head. My hair started dead. falling out about two yeah. or three years into my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> See, so uh, you wonder is like, is this, is this heredity or environment? It's got to be environment because there's nobody in my family who's had hair loss. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I I knew I was screwed. I mean, I looked at uh, my mom's dad, and you know, he had thinning hair. I blame mine on my ex. Yeah, same yeah. hair, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm very lucky. I, I can't uh, Well, now, your Skype picture shows life. that you've got lots of hair and a – is that a, that's, that's is that a ponytail? No, I don't. That's not definitely not a ponytail. Okay, then that's I, my just hair a, is very short. That's it's just, just a, a dark background. Okay. 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 Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, I keep my hair very short. I like to have sideburns. Um, I wear a hat sometimes. So there you go. Okay. By the way, I looked up <laughs> Incarnate uh, issue number three on yeah. eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can buy it now for thirteen fifty-five. Really? That's not bad for a book that cost five bucks originally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a heck of an ROI there. You know, imagine yeah. if you got issue one signed by Nick and Gene Simmons. Jeez. So, are you reading comics Tweed. currently? Yeah, absolutely. What I do love you, comics. What do you read? What's your main? What's your go to book? I wrote this down for you guys, just so I didn't forget anything, leave anything out. Cool. But, um, 
I, I like DC stuff. I like Animal Man, uh, Jeff Lemire. Now it's Steve Pugh's drawing it. Um, Batwoman, I love J.H. Williams III stuff. Um, I discovered him when he did this story with Grant Morrison, this little miniseries story. So I went and I got the Detective Comics issues that he did with Greg Rucka. And I even found Desolation Jones that he did with Warren Ellis. And I just love those. Um, I love Transmetropolitan. That's um, Ellis and Derek Robertson. Yeah. Um, the Boys is good. I've read um, Darwin Cook's uh, two of the Parker books, um, The Hunter and uh, The Outfit. I like that a lot. I like crime. You know, uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Criminal. I've read all those as well as Incognito. And I'm reading Fatal right now through Image Comics. Um, I'm a big fan of Harvey P. Carr. I'm sad that he passed away. I have like a lot of the American Splendor collections. Um, I got this really cool book called Yiddishkeit. Um, <laughs> it's about kind of like the history of <clears throat> Yiddish culture. That He was like an editor on this book. And it's pretty cool. I like Archaea. They do a lot of good books. Um, they have Jim Henson's The Storyteller. I've read that. Uh, they have a series of books called um, The Killer. I, I read the first one. It's pretty cool. It's about a hitman that goes slowly crazy while waiting for somebody to kill. <laughs> um, yeah, they. I was I was a big fan of The Dark Crystal growing up, the Jim Henson film. So I picked up that book that they um, Archaea put out as soon as that came out. Um, I'm a huge Rocketeer fan. Um, I have several of those IDW collections for the Rocketeer. Uh, Bill Pullman fan, I guess. Um, no, no. Uh, Bill, dang it! Bill, I screwed that Bill up. Cam- it wasn't Bill Pullman Cam- in that movie. What? Bill Campbell. Thank you. Right. Not Bruce Campbell. You want Bruce me to edit that out, Bill? <laughs> no, I don't care. People know I'm a I'm a dork. Okay. <laughs> um, the other Campbell, not Bruce. Thank you. No relation. Um, I love <laughs> Boom. Uh, there's certain books from Boom that I love too, like Darkwing Duck, and they did um, the Muppets when uh, Roger Langridge uh, did that, and when they had the license. Um, and then, of course, you know, I like some of the classic ones like The Watchmen, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, because I'm a big Batman fan, and I loved Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. I read that when I was pretty young. So. Yeah, I read that when it came out, man, and that, that was dangerously close to messing me up. That oh, book. No. You know, I read Dark Knight Returns when it came out, but The Killing Joke, I yeah. mean, that was some... There was some stuff in there that, you know, somebody, a young kid like, like me probably shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been yeah. exposed to. Right. You know, yeah. I noticed you haven't mentioned any Marvel. Um, well, I guess Incognito and, um, you know. That's true. That's criminal, the creator. They're, they're stuff. done through Icon. You know, there's just not a lot of Marvel stuff that excites me. I really have no interest whatsoever in X-Men or their fight with the Avengers. You know, I'm with you. Uh, Frank uh, talked that up a couple episodes ago, and and I'm not trying to be catty, but I just I kind of had that same reaction. It's just like I I'm not sure why I should give a rat's tail about about this. (laughs) I mean, it just it seems like an absolute waste of uh, tree pulp to me. Yeah. And I, I've never been that sour. I've always been the kind of person that, yeah, I want to at least get the summer event. Um, you know, just, just to kind of keep up with the broad overview of the company itself. But, you know, as far as this one, I just, 
I just said, you know, so the whole point of this is that nothing's really going to change. It's going to be a lot of people just hitting each other. Yeah, that's the thing, too. There's not going to be any kind of resolution or anything that comes out of it, I don't think. Nothing changing. I think they've – Frank pointed this out last time. You know, they've pretty much said this is not going to change anything. We're just going to have fun with this. And and that's all good, but – you know, you have fun with a comic back when it cost forty cents. You know, right. now that now they're they wanting four dollars. You know, for that bad boy, um, you know, it it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be Algonquinian conversation going on here within these pages. It just you know, it I just, told you to stop using words sorry, that I sorry, had, no, I, I sorry, sorry, had a, you know, define. But there should at least $20. be a point. And I've always been one of those people. I I appreciate the the epic storylines. I've I've never been, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of comics out there when I was a kid and they were 35, 40 cents a pop. I got everything. But, uh, but these days I always found myself drawn most to, you know, the stuff that was real high concept. I mean, I, I've sure. become a, a real kind of a Grant Morrison nut, um, in the last, uh, yeah. 10, 15 years or so, just because his, his stuff is just so far over the top. And, and that goes from, his Justice League run to the Doom mm-hmm. Patrol. Uh, I've never read his Animal Man, oddly enough. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be Grant Morrison. He's not the only one. I, I appreciated the epic scope that Jeff Johns has gave us uh, in the early and mid aughts. And uh, um, I started, I started rolling my eyes a little tiny bit with uh, Blackest Night and with Brightest Day. I just literally shook my head and thought, I, I'm trying to figure out what the <sighs> point is here. I don't feel like an idiot, but I'm not getting it. And, you know, then the War of the Green Lanterns kind of felt like they're uh, AVX, you know, just like they're yeah. not necessarily trying to change paradigms and, and really tell an epic story. It's just kind of people beating each other up. And I, I it's not that I've fallen out of love with any of that stuff because I've always been um, right. I've always been a big, big two guy just because that's the world I grew up in. You know, sure. If I had, if I had the the money and more importantly the time to read everything I wanted, I uh-huh. would basically pick one everything off the walls at the LCS. <laughs> and in living in a Dallas suburb, we have yeah. a couple of very nice LCSs that are very well stocked and have big selections. Local um, comic shop, in case people wonder. <laughs> oh yes, thank you, thank you. Um, but uh, you know. But from you know, for my money, I've I've always been you know I know what I'm going to get with the Fantastic Four, Legion of Superheroes, Justice League, right. you know that kind of stuff, and so I've always been you know I've always appreciated that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not big on crossover events, but I can okay. put up with what Animal Man and Swamp Thing are doing because I think it's kind of cool. It's just between the two stories, they have the same villain, and eventually they're going to lead up to being on the same you know book, um, you know, cross promotion. So I think that's kind of cool. What was I going to say? Oh, I, I want to also give props to EC Comics of the 50s. I love them. The, the Tales from the Crypt, uh, Crime Suspense Stories, uh, Shock Suspense Stories, um, you know, weird fantasy, you know, science fiction stuff. Um, I love that. And the story behind the company is amazing, too. Now, is this uh, – are these the uh, the comic companies, the comics themselves that uh, that got the Comics Code instituted? That's right. The, okay. Those from the 50s. They ran from, you know, 1950 to 1955. And the only reason Sales from the Crypt and those books mm-hmm. didn't last longer, uh, Mad continued. But the reason why those books didn't last was, yeah, because they were specifically targeted – 
by um, the government and you had the corruption of the youth going on and then the industry kind of had to self-regulate itself right? and kind of put EC out of business that way. Yeah, I mean, you had everything from shock illustrated to crime suspense stories to, oh, they were, uh, you know, weird. You had, you had cool sci-fi stuff like weird fantasy. Um, yeah, yeah. You had guys like Wally Wood, Ghastly Graham Ingalls, you know, <laughs> uh, just these really talented people working on these books as well. I think most of the stories were all written by one guy, um, but yeah, they were just amazing, way ahead of its time. And I just look at back at these now, and I'm just like, wow. You know, they kind of pushed the envelope back then for 1950. Yeah. I've always wanted to read that EC stuff. You know, Diamond um, Gemstone, which is owned by Diamond, released these great EC archives. They were pricey. They were 50 bucks for a yeah. six-issue oversized collection. Totally recolored, but they had so much information, you know. I was hoping and, to find them like in a half off bin at a con or something. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can find like the old Gladstone um books or some of the gemstone collections you can find. I go to flea markets, so um there's a big one in California, the Rose Bowl um flea market in Pasadena. So th- there's usually a comic vendor or two that you know, I can find some stuff, vintage stuff there. Yeah, that's one thing we uh, um, have just in the last uh, couple of years, our, our Comic Cons here in the area have become, I don't know, uh, big time maybe is not the right word, but uh, mm-hmm. as, as big as Dallas Credible deserves. Credible is a good uh, yeah. uh, Because we. Valid. Yeah. No, I, I, I hate to say that, but. Um, it just seems like a top five market. I mean, you know, Dallas, I guess, is, is number four in America in terms of population. It just seems like we shouldn't have to wonder if there's going to be a, a decent sized con, you know. But but when Wizard World says, okay, we're not coming back to Dallas anymore, we're going to go to Austin or Houston, you, you kind of wonder, well, what the heck, man? You know, well, yeah, I didn't realize we were You guys something. have Lone Star. Yeah, know? we do. Um, uh, in fact, uh, Lone Star is uh, one of the uh, LCSs that's uh, kind of in my neighborhood. <laughs> um, the the Plano location is uh, yeah, it's about uh, three four miles from my house. And then uh, you go uh, you go one more uh, uh, one more major street uh, over, and you find uh, Madness Comics, which uh, I. I, I'm one of those that I could go to either one of those two. If I'm taking the kids with me, I'd like to go to Lone Star. Um, if it's just me, um, uh, I'd like to go to Madness. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just it, it's interesting too how the um, uh, how the industry, the the comic book shops have really changed in the last few years um, because I think we're you know they, they've been announcing the death knell of comics for quite a while now. Yes. and uh, they're they're probably right in some form. I Frank has the thought that printed comics are, are going to be a thing of the past, much like newspapers. I mean, we just found out last week, um, they said that uh, the uh, New Orleans uh, Times-Picayune is going to cease daily publication. Um, I don't know when they're doing it, but they're going to go mm-hmm. to, uh, was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday only. And of course, mm-hmm. this New Orleans is not a typical metro area by any means, but you are starting to see the very overt signs that that these death knells that that people have been, you know, prophesizing are actually kind of coming to pass here. But so yeah, eventually everyone's going to have an iPad yeah. or an iPad-like device. So 
Yeah, you wonder about that. I think maybe they'll still be collector yeah. you know, items well, that people get. I have a hard time believing that, that the print runs are ever going to go away. Now, I guess it certainly could happen if the print runs become so small they become prohibitive because at that point, mm. theoretically, you know, you're going to be able to buy that comic online for 2 or $3. It might cost you 8 or 10 to buy it in a store because they just don't print enough of them, <laughs> you know, to make any money off it. Uh, that would be yeah. I think it's just a generational thing. I think eventually you're going to have people that grow up on digital yeah. and eventually they're going to reach 40 years old. So th- they'll be the only people that know about digital, yeah. and us guys will be long dead. Well, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> or well, maybe we'll have other hobbies. Well, yeah, much like DVD saved the movie industry, um, you know, I think yeah. you're going to see... video. Yeah, um, but... But all these all these methods of getting TV, you know, that the movie theaters were just convinced was going to kill the business. You know, oh my God, the VCR. Uh, you know, we might as well stop, you know, making movies, disband the companies. You know, we're going to go to business. No, it enhanced your business quite clearly. And I think, um, you know, it, we're in that that very awkward growing stage where you're having to get to that point with uh, digital comics. I mean, you're still trying to figure out, you know, do I use Comixology? Do I use Marvel's app? Do I use, you know, it's like. I don't even know what application to use to read these things right now. I'm not sure where to go to buy these things right now. All these questions will be cleared up, um, you know, in in time. And I think it'll be in time to save the industry. Um, but it will be yeah, a very sad VHS. day. Yeah, it'll be a very sad day, though, when you can't go to the LCS and, you know, and, and palm those comics yourself. I still Absolutely. think, well, I, I don't know. I think that. At worst, comics are going to become like uh, LPs, like records, you know, literal records, uh, where sure. they they almost went away. They they kind of did, but you had a a a nostalgia uh, for this uh, ability to you know hold this record in your hand to flip it over to hear the the pops and the clicks, you know, the the analog, the printed analog waveform on a piece of petroleum sounds so much warmer, you know, than it does and I guess maybe that's not a perfect parallel because I've heard uh, um, it's been a while since I've been there, but I, I uh, was really into uh, Jim Shooter's blog uh, for a while, and I, I still am. I just haven't gotten there, so my apologies, Jim, if you're listening. Yeah, right. Um, but it's his. He believes that comics might even look better on uh, 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 an iPad-like device than on the printed page. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that, but I don't think you're going to have necessarily the, you know, the limitations. You're, you're not going to have someone going, well, I have to read, you know, the paper copy because it just, you know, it just looks better than, you know, than on, uh, uh the iPad. But I don't know, personally, I find it kind of off putting something this old man's going to have to get used to, uh, yeah, where, uh, it's tough for me too. Frank will bring his iPad over, um, and, uh, he'll show us a comic that he's downloaded and, you know, the way it, it, it kind of zooms in and out and, and, you know, you can go page by page or you can go panel by panel. Um, I see the value in that, but to me, um, I like my page to just sit there and wait for me to get to it, you know, for it to yeah. attack me. Um, anyway. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I always love paper and I'm never going to want to not read paper, but yeah. I, I can't deny that, you know, things move in a certain direction. I can see, Certain things like the way DVDs offer alternative commentary, I can see that with creators doing that on comic books as you're reading them, yeah. you know, giving you inside scoops. Um, kind of like the way we've incorporated commercials into YouTube. I could see you yeah. flipping 
between two panels, and all of a sudden, you know, you can skip this advertisement in ten seconds. Oh <laughs> you know, no! Page. <laughs> Please no. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, I can see maybe certain animated things being incorporated, but not necessarily being all animated uh, comics. But I can see certain things optional if you want to. Yeah. You see a battle scene animated style if you wanted. That would be kind of cool. It uh, seems like it would take a uh, um, a bigger team of creators. Um, I, I wouldn't think that the, sure. the guy sitting there doing eventually the art. Eventually, it'll be easy to do. Eventually, yeah. it could be one person just doing that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, um, again, um, um, old men that we are are going to have to uh, see what this uh, this next generation of punks uh, uh, does yeah. with the, the medium. Um, so, Hey, good luck. I, I, I just, I'm one of those people that I, I don't believe for a second that that medium will not be there for them. And, uh, Frank is, Frank is more concerned than I am, but maybe we need to revisit this with Frank because, uh, perhaps his, uh, his iPad, uh, uh, comiXology collection has uh, changed his mind. We'll have to see. So good times. Yeah. Um, let's see, gosh, there's, there's a, a whole lot that, uh, that sure. I would, I would love to get to with you. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I'd I've like worked to... with a lot of cool guys. I, I want to shout out to David Hine. I, I loved working with him. Guys like him and Rick Remender and Steve Pugh when I worked at Radical and Steve Niles. You know, a book is only successful as the creator that promotes it, and these guys gave it their all. Any interview I wanted to give them, they did, and their book sold as well as it did because of them. So they were uh, easier to work with than that Simmons kid, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know David Hine is just such a great guy. Him and Steve Pugh, particularly, just two of the nicest folks I've ever met. I, I wish they'd live closer. They, they're UK based. Okay. But, you Did know. you say Steve Niles? Uh, Steve Niles is one of the guys that too. You know him, Rick Remender, Steve, uh, David Hine, Steve Pugh. You know these guys did like any interview I threw their way. And, you know, they're, they're the reason why they're, you know, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray are the same way as well. Um, you know, these books do well because, and, and they work a lot because, you know, they sell themselves. I met, uh, I've met Steve Niles a couple of times, talked to him a couple of times at Dallas Cons. Great guy, <laughs> real nice, real personable. Sure, smart uh, guy too. Yeah, in the last con a couple of weeks ago, uh, <laughs> I went up to Jimmy Palmiotti's table. Yeah. And I, the Barnes & Noble has the, had this huge, large, very hefty tome, this Marvel book that they published. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started uh, with this last episode, this last episode, I'm sorry, this last con. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing your kids cycle through episodes oh, okay. on the Netflix through the window there, and it threw me off, so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Um, the last con, I took that book uh, to have people start autographing it those who've worked for marvel and uh jimmy sure. palmiotti didn't he had one person in his line and uh, uh this hmm. was when it wasn't busy uh later on his line was just like completely bonkers but uh sure. i waited patiently and i sat down or uh, he's i gave him my book and he says have a seat man and he just he talked to me for like 10 minutes solid he was like real nice yeah, he told he, me told me a couple yeah. of jokes he he drew a head <laughs> sketch in my book you know i didn't even ask him to do that so hey, he's one of those guys that that is uh real personable you know it's yes. like he 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 wants to know how you feel about things and he just wants to do you need to get that phone call oh that's my wife's phone okay oh okay um but you know it's cool when when you know creators 
enjoy the medium as much as you do as a fan, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, you can have a job that pays the bills, but you hate the job, you know? And it's, yeah. you know, I think some, well, when I read some some books, I get mm-hmm. the feeling that, oh, this person wrote this book just to pay his, his rent that month, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's refreshing to to be able to meet creators that actually like what they do. Yeah. You know, so it's uh I mean, and you obviously, you know, you've had experience in the in the comic world. You you sound sure. like you've enjoyed doing that, you know? I love it. Um, you know, I do I, I'm hoping to work with uh Dave Elliott and the relaunch of Atomica. Uh, you know, um, I, I just I absolutely do like it. I, I wasn't into comics. I mean, I had kind of fell, fallen out of it when I worked for Boom Studios. I learned so much, you know, like I said, from Ross. I learned a lot more after that, you know, through Dave Elliott when I worked at Radical. And, um, yeah, it's hard not to get passionate about it. Um, there's just – I, I don't like reading regular books. But I, I love reading like illustrated work, and I've fallen in love with certain artists, and I've fallen in love with certain writers, and it's kind of cool meeting these guys in person or conversing with these guys through email. You know, um, how many of them have issued restraining orders? <laughs> none, none. <laughs> thankfully, not. I guess not if they want to get their book promoted. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. But it, it's really cool, you know. And then in general. There's, there's a lot of cool things about the aspect of it. You work in these crazy conventions, you know, where you, it's fun. Well, except when you're standing on your feet a lot and you're, you're, you're busting your hump, you know, making sure the show's a success for your or you're, Or you're humping your bust, but either one. Oh, yeah, hey. but, but you're, you're in a fun environment, you know. you got stormtroopers walking around, you know. You, you, if you get a chance to go to a panel, go to a panel. You, you may see Kevin Smith ramble on about comic books or something. I got you know, to um, thank Captain Kirk, you know, in person for, for, for being who he was and doing what he did. You know, going to panels is awesome, especially if you can, yeah. you can meet the creators and just thank them. That's part of the fun, you know. You know, the funnest thing for me was um, in 2010, I think, or whatever, we did a Fangor. No, it was October 2009 for FVZA. We did, I did, me and David Wall, um, who was the editor in chief after Dave Elliott, we went to Fangoria um, in Vegas for this Trinity of Terrors convention. And I'm next to one side of me. I'm next to David Naughton from American Werewolf in London. On the other side, I have like the hitchhiker from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh man! And and the one lady who gets put on a meat hook in the first movie as well. Um, you know, across from me is um, D. Wallace, um, who was like in several movies like E.T. and The Howling. Um, I got to see Malcolm McDowell from A Clockwork Orange. I got my picture taken with him. Oh, greatness. Bruce Campbell was there. He wore this all-white tuxedo. Uh, (laughs) John Waters was there. Jeffrey Combs was there. Just some, just, you know, all of these kind of guys that I grew up being a big fan of. Tony Todd, Candyman. Yes. Um, I, I saw Roger Corman. Um, what's his name from um, Night of the Living Dead? Um, gosh, you know, uh, you know, he does all the Living Dead films. Uh, anyway. George Romero. 
George Romero. There you go. Um, you know, I, I saw him there. It was just such a cool environment, you know? That's that's my job. I'm, yeah. I'm there selling comic books, and I'm like, around, I'm talking up to David Naughton. So, what are you up to? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's just it's such a cool job. There's no, I I hated. I worked in securities. Um, I was a st- assistant stock trader. I hated it. I wanted to ke- slit my throat. Oh no, you know, yikes. Um. And so kind of working like in comic books is just so fun. I, I get to meet a lot of cool people. So how did you, um, how did you go from uh, a, a programmer um, yeah. to marketing? It, was, it, was, it, uh, it sounds like from this last uh, couple hours we spent with you that it was just kind of yeah, bit sure. by bit. It, it was kind of bit by bit. I was a marketer for a securities company, Strom Securities. Um, I did this program for them. After I did this program, I guess I wanted to continue working and see if maybe this was something I'd be interested in. So I took this huge test called a Series 7 exam. You study it for months. Um, it's a four-hour exam. You get like a bathroom break in between the two, you know, the two hours. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge test. Then you take another test called the 66, which combines two different tests. Where you had to go kill a bunch of Jedi? It's a really tough test. It's like, it's not just all memory. It's some of it's math, some of it's memory, some of it is rules, some of it is application. It's, um, I've never taken anything like that. You know, I've graduated from college in computer science. Um, I hated it, um, so I worked for Andrew Cosby, and then, like I said, because of Eureka and because Universal was giving him his own assistant, he really didn't need or want me, so Ross took me in, and like I said, unlike other bosses, he really, as much as he worked me, he also took that time to talk to me, answer any questions I had, talk comics, even Gate told me like interesting stories, you know, because like I said, he's an encyclopedia, so... You know, he, he would tell me just some, you know, great stuff, you know, about the history and gave me an appreciation for it, you know? So, yeah. And then from there, like I said, um, Barry Levine was working with Ross and Andy. Um, he was trying to get, um, produce a film for them called Damnation, which was a Dark Horse book that Andy wrote. And he had a falling out with them, wanted to start his own publishing company. I, had his number because I had helped set up some badges for him at San Diego Comic Con 2006, badges? which I got to meet Yoshitaka. Yeah, yeah, you know, Yoshi. I got to meet Yoshitaka Mano a number of times. He's really. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those my favorite um, so, kind of mushrooms. You know, Barry. Barry is Barry. He's full of it a lot of the time. So he says, oh, yeah, I got this guy and this guy and this guy. And you're like hearing all this stuff. And you're like, OK, I'll join on board. And I got to be a director of marketing because I like that aspect better than production, although I'm pretty adept at both. But um, and I ended up having to do a lot of production work for Radical. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I took I took him up on that offer. It was more money and it was a better position for me. And I got to work with some really big names. So I don't regret it. But long term wise, because they're not really publishing anymore. Kind of wish maybe I stuck with Boom, but you know it is what it is. Who knows if I would have still been with Boom if I stuck with Boom? So wow, you know, 
Who knows? <laughs> They'd be up to 60 titles a month. They'd be punishing no, they, the big two. They're, they're still big, you know? They're, they're really huge. And Chip was... I wouldn't have been the director of marketing, I can say that, because Chip Mosier was just amazing for that company. Now he works for Comixology. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I got to do a lot more with Radical in terms of working on ads, writing tons and tons of press releases, and like I said, making a lot of contacts because I was promoting like a lot of big people at the time. Yeah, it does seem like uh, um, in any in any business, I guess, uh, as I've uh, as I've matured, I, I've started to realize that. Uh, I mean, you do have to know your stuff. You know, you do have sure. to be able to push the door in when someone opens it for you. But sure. um, but yeah, it, it does seem like it's almost more. You know who you know than uh, than what you know, and uh, sure. I, I hate to I hate to tell the kids that because uh, it'll depress yeah. them. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like it's, it's gonna take it's gonna take some luck, uh, you know, kiddos, uh, to to make it. You know, doing what you want. Um, yeah, so, so I you mean, know. I I work. I want to just mention. Yeah, I worked with Sam Sakar um, when he did that book Caliber, which was one of Radical's first books. So then, after I worked with Radical and I was out of a job and no one's hiring and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, um, Sam needed somebody to pr- promote his book for um, Image, The Vault. Hmm. So I worked not for Image, but I worked directly with Sam. And the editor for that was Dave Elliott, who I worked with at Radical. And Dave liked the way I was promoting The Vault. So he got me on with Ben Arroyo. And then I. It, he introduced me to the editor-in-chief of Renegade when Ben Arroyo went to Canada for Fan Expo Canada. And so I'm working with Renegade. And now that Dave Elliott's kind of moving away from Ben Arroyo and starting up Atomica, you know, I hope to work with Atomica, which is working with a lot of great people. So, yeah, you, you always treat people with respect and you always, you know, put in a good effort and, you know, leave a good impression with people and you yeah. can... Uh, far in, in a perfect world um you know you uh you sell yourself you don't yes. sell the product and um you know it's people's uh people's appreciation of you people's trust in you that um you know that gets them to the uh, the metaphorical table uh, sure so uh they they got to sell it too and that's yeah. why it's like palmiati who take the time and talk to you and do the sketch and stuff you know he's selling his product and he knows that next time he does a product and you know, you look at it, you're, you're likely going to buy from him because you know what a good guy I am. That's for sure, man. Maybe somebody who would say, yeah, I don't have time for you, kid. Beat it. <laughs> you know, I, I started thinking on the way home. I was thinking about the con and thought, man, you know, that Paul Miani was a cool guy. And I know yeah. he's written a lot of stuff, but I thought, what are you, what he's writing right now that I might pick exactly. up and read, you know? There you go. He's got, I think he's got something going on Kickstarter. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I saw him. And Image is collecting a book him and uh, Justin did that hadn't been in trade ever. So yeah. yeah. I haven't bought a new DC book. The last new DC book I bought was Flashpoint number five. Oh, interesting. Wow. Because wow. I was um, was against and still am against the, the reboot. Yeah. You know, I guess it, yeah. I'm, I'm old like school. It. You know, I'm old school and <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not interested in. A bad girl can walk now. Yeah, <laughs> see that bothers me. That bothers me. But uh, you know, like again, I'm sure eventually yeah. I'll get over it and I'll. But what was what was Animal Man doing before the reboot? 
You know, what was Swamp Thing necessarily? You know what? I, well, right I didn't now care he's... about either of those characters then, and I sure as heck don't care about them now. So. Uh, see, I like them. You know, I, I kind of like that these guys kind of been dusted off and been brought back. And... I mean, I'm... You'll, uh, you'll enjoy the, the DC Nation uh, Animal Man shorts, by the way. They're like 15-second-long episodes. I think it's cool when old characters get dusted off and, and reinvented reinvigorated yeah you know yeah i think it's cool um well that's kind of what they did with the entire line i, I was i was one of those you that, know and i get that but yeah. you know i i miss wally west i have the yeah. utmost respect for barry allen you know mm-hmm. i like but i think barry allen's a much more interesting character dead than alive you know because t- to me now the the rebooted barry allen you know and it makes his death in crisis yeah. less important to me. Well, but see, it's, it's one of those things. And where, I could go on and on about yeah, that, and I have on this show, and I won't. Yeah, let, I won't be drawn into this argument. Let, let's not rant until Thank the uh, until the chip on the recorder is filled filled up, but uh, filled up. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I, I think Brad and I uh, just respectfully agree disagree. I think uh, Brad kind of thought it was uh, uh, nearly you know borderline betrayal of the uh, the reading public, and and I thought. I I wouldn't have done it myself, but honestly, I bought a lot of DC titles uh, before the New Fifty Two hit, and mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of the titles that I loved were pretty stinking stale. Yeah. I mean, uh, the JSA, JLA, and I've always been a I was a team book guy. Um, I'm much more likely to buy the Justice League than Batman itself, and that's that's just me. Um, much more likely to buy the Avengers than the Thor comic. Yeah, that's just me. Um, but. Uh, the new 52 there were a lot of things i thought were kind of weird about it uh um mm-hmm. it it took a while for me to start figuring out what they were doing with wonder woman and, and i i bought into the marketing um i uh i wasn't i'm not buying the you know, i'm not going out there buying the issues because oh man i'm gonna sell these put the kids to college or anything i, I know that yeah you know, just consider that these things are going to be worthless and you know what if it turns out they're not well that's a bonus you know that's kind of the way i look at it um, I mean, I'm still going to bag and board them, um, but um, <laughs> but I was interested uh, in what they were doing with the new 52. And, yeah, there are there are things that I was not terribly happy about. But uh, for the most part, you know, I thought, well, this is if nothing else, this is interesting. This is a new look. And it doesn't have to invalidate anything that we've enjoyed before. Uh, the only sucky part is that those stories um, have ended. You know, the stories of the, the classic Superman, the classic, you know, Wally West, the, the story has ended. I mean, there may be a new chapter or a new volume or whatever, but, um, you know, you know, it, it's like the, the stuff that, you know, the, the crises did. You know, they they may have changed the entire paradigm of, of the DC universe, but, you know, you may you may or may not have liked them, but they didn't invalidate anything that came before. Um, I just I, I wonder if Brad may have just been more kind of. Um, sad that he wasn't going to be able to continue reading these characters that he grew up with. Yeah, you know. there's there's certain titles though, like um, Justice League Dark or Batwoman, that kind of start things new for yeah. you. You know, yeah, Don't that, that retcon anything. Yeah, that JLD was uh, was pretty cool. I've uh, um, I, I've I've dropped uh, most of those titles in the last uh, two or three months, and that that's on me, not the industry. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I'm. I'm sorry that I'm not uh, keeping a an LCS afloat uh, purely by myself, but uh, you know, you, you make some uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. you make some uh, sacrifices to uh, reality and uh, time and that kind of thing. So. Or to put food in your children's mouths. Uh, 
hard to put food in your children's mouths. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I know. They, you go, Dad, I'm hungry. It's like, look, i got to go spend 25 bucks at the LCS this week. Get off my back. <laughs> you know? No, I'm not taking you to CC's. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dad, you could feed us twice for that. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's, that's us. Dang. Well, you know what? We have kept... Mr. Jean-Luc Glazer for over an hour. This is the second episode we've done, by the way. Yes. Yes. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to kick you off the phone line, but uh, we have. I uh, hear you. We you have family. Oh well, no, you've got a family Animal. too. We have. Uh, we've taken a lot more of your time than we originally thought we would. And the cool thing is that um, we didn't really get through all the questions that I had. I never got to ask uh, what you think about that Alden Wicker. <laughs> Or uh, I never did get to say, hey, you want to talk politics? Um, <laughs> so, you know, hey, uh, maybe someday we can get back to that. Uh, by okay. the way, everybody, um, go uh, go look up Alden Wicker and uh, find out why she thinks TV is ruining your life. And if you don't um, throw your computer. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I haven't I, read that story I've, yet. I've never read her before, but I, I read that. I read that article. Um, thanks to it's your. Like all, all, yeah. <laughs> all the things she mentioned, you could just in, replace television with Internet. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. And she writes for the Internet. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely just it just just grandstanding. And, you it know, I, you know, it, it was like the. Uh, uh, like the the bad uh, uh, band that writes a song that they know is going to be an anthem, you know. It's like when Starship wrote, "We built this city," or you know, it's just. I, I I equivalent it to Jack Chick and his rants against Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about you, but uh, I played Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, and uh, right. I, I don't. Well, uh, and you worship Satan, according to Jack. Well, Chick. well of course I do, but uh, <laughs> not the way he thinks. No. Um, no, mine is is a much more uh, tongue in cheek, uh, clever winking. Oh wow, you did not have to do that for me, Brad. I uh, I didn't go to this concert, so I get to keep that little shard of my soul. But uh, when they came around in what eighty six, eighty eight, whenever it was, they put this out. Uh, I had some uh, some friends that went and saw them uh, up in Oklahoma. They said that that of course Starship by this point had completely given up their souls. So, you know, they're not doing you – know, they probably did White Rabbit and As soon and as they like dropped that. Jefferson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when they it's jumped like, it. Even Jefferson Starship was okay. It's when they went to Starship sure. that there was no soul left. But uh, right. my friends told me that they opened their set with this song. That's why people go to their concerts is to hear this song. So you save they, it right. for the end. They, no, 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 no. They opened with this song. Then right. they ins- yeah. Then they inserted part of it into like a medley they did in the middle of the set, <laughs> and then this was also the last the song they song. played. Wow! So they All right, they guys, basically we're <laughs> built the city. Yeah. So they basically did the song three times. You guys want to hear it again? Of course you can. Play that same song. Hey, we're the Cantina Band. How you doing? Yay. Any requests? Play <laughs> that same song. Same song. Here we go. Yay. Dun, 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 dun. Holy cow! We only know three songs, guys. That's right. <laughs> so luckily, you know, luckily though, Jean Luca, we all get to keep those shards of our souls. So you know, we uh, we'll we'll be glad that uh, you know we we're keeping our uh, our integrity and uh, hopefully selling ourselves and not our product and uh, you know just just having a good time in life and enjoying the family and uh, and all that good stuff. So right. yeah. I want to thank you guys for having me on. You are. It's our pleasure. You are so kind to us. You you have been so 
so gentle and gracious Not and patient. I hope God. I hope after uh, you know building it up in your mind for over a year, <laughs> yeah. that that <laughs> we haven't payoff. been a completely uh, a, a letdown to you. Yes. And uh, I really think I honestly think that if Frank had been here for these last two episodes, you would not have enjoyed yourself quite as much. Yeah, that's that's OK. Well, we'll explain that to Frank. Uh, and later. I never I didn't tell this to Bill before we started recording because mm-hmm. I wanted to take pity on him. But mm-hmm. uh, that if this interview didn't go well, I was going to demote you back down to Yuck Monkey. Oh, man. See, Bill came to the half hour wasted party. I, I want to say late, but. Because he's always been there since episode one. He's been our, our VO guy and, and been special guest yes. when it's just been me and Frank. But then, you know, we promoted Bill to full time uh, back before episode 100. So because uh, uh, of the voice, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, mainly we, we had to promote him to full time because we had to start recording at his house every other week. Yeah. So uh, we figured we better we better bump him up to full time status. We bought so, a bigger table, you yeah, know, so I could fit around at that kind of thing. But anyway, Bill, you are not in danger of being demoted to Yuck Monkey. I appreciate it. All right, awesome. So this is this Glad has been a lot that. of fun. Yeah. So this is Thank just you. this is just something that I kind of uh, I mean I've I've wanted to talk to you for for all the reasons that we've discussed over the last couple episodes, but I thought this would be uh, kind of a cool little thing for uh, for the audience, you know, uh, for our particular audience, uh, you know, just kind of a, a glimpse uh, behind the curtain, if you will. So uh, there you go. Yeah, and yeah. um and, and not that I thought you would, but you have certainly not disappointed. Um awesome. so yeah, um <laughs> uh, you know, uh this doesn't have to be the last time. I, I assume by this point uh you won't want to think about us for a couple of years, but you know what? When when you got something uh when you got something that's uh uh you know, Absolutely. exciting and fresh and new, then yeah. uh you know, we we want to hear from it. Uh obviously, uh, I'm going to follow uh I'm going to continue following your uh, your Twitter feed, and uh, we're we're indeed buddies, or uh, we're LinkedIn buddies, and you know crap like that. So, I'm going to uh, follow you on Twitter now, too. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know I know a lot of guys too. If you ever want to hit up somebody or think of somebody, um, you know I can contact them and see if they want to be on your show. As that, well. would be, that would <laughs> be that would be so cool. You know we used to we used to we have done more. Um, interviews creator interviews in the past uh and you know i guess with everything you know things change and evolve and so we kind of got away from that you know and and we kind of evolved to a different type of feel with the show or whatever that's my fault well it might be it might be but um you know we we like doing interviews and stuff and heck you know if if we can we'll throw some uh some ideas back and forth with you know bill and me and frank and see if you can hook us up with somebody who sure. might who might give a crap about talking to us no doubt <laughs> okay yeah so uh there are, there are a number of those guys out there yeah so we'll uh we'll stay in touch um i awesome. uh, uh brad and i will probably start um start emailing you asking for uh you know uh you know, like job leads and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I so. just followed you on, <laughs> on the Twitter. Awesome. The, the, the twits. You know, I yes. think Michael Chiklis just tweeted a, a shot of his own nipple. Gross. That's yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, wow. that's, that may be why I don't the follow dangers of Michael Twitter. Chiklis. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of gross. But um, uh, so how do people, uh, I, you know, how do people get a hold of you if they if they need 
you and sure. your personality and your your competence to uh, um, to market uh, their their fresh new hot product. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook at John Luca Glazer. Uh, my email address um, is I have a couple of them: double g marketing at gmail dot com. That's probably easy to remember. Uh, the other one is my first and last name, John Luca Glazer at gmail dot com. Um, you you know, like I said, Facebook is another way you can stalk and find me, <laughs> or you can hit me <laughs> up on LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm available, you know, for any of that stuff. I, you know, tell me what it is you're trying to sell and I can tell you, you know, what my prices are. And if you, if you're interested in go further, I can, um, you know, give you kind of like a schedule of what I can do, cool. you know, and, well, and just, I just don't need any contracts. Just like a written confirmation from you saying, yeah, I'll want to hire you. I want to pay you this much per month and, you know, have at it till this amount of time, you know? Oh yeah! Cool, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I can't imagine it's going to happen, but uh, if uh, <laughs> yeah. one of our listeners, uh, <laughs> yeah, if one of our listeners uh, hooks you up with uh, some some gigs, then uh, sure. then by gosh, uh, it's all paid off. Sure, I might get like a bunch of Nigerian scam emails. <laughs> no, we we're not going to forward any of those on to you. Uh, okay. We 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 trap all those their own spam filter. It's uh, it's called Frank. Okay, which is another good reason why he wasn't here tonight. Let's um. Let's spell your name. Sure. It's uh, G is in George, I is in Igloo, A is in Apple, N is in Nancy, L is in Lake, U is in Umbrella, C is in Cat, and A is in Apple. Um, that's my first name. It's John Luca. My last name is Glazer. It's G-L-A-Z-E-R. Um, just think of a glazed donut. One who glazes. Glazer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am the glazer of those donuts. Yeah. So, um, or like I said, much easier to remember double G marketing at gmail.com. Yes. Cool. So. And there's a, uh, not to confuse the issue, but, uh, there's a, uh, double G marketing LTD.com out there, which is, oh, is or is not you <laughs> probably not. Me. Okay. Because I, I went there, uh, it's been a while, but, uh, it is a, uh, uh it is a site that deals with, uh, apparently, uh, uh internet gaming. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, internet poker and stuff like that. So, if if y'all go uh, to this site, yeah, if you all go to this site and it's uh, it's a bunch of uh, you know uh, online gambling and stuff. Okay, that's that's not our man, John Luca. So, uh, yes. you know, wrong guy. So go go somewhere else and uh, and find him for real. But yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I just uh, you know again you know you've been uh, you've been incredibly patient and uh, kind and uh, I think uh, you know. Quite uh, quite enlightening. So uh, we'll hit thanks. you up. We'll hit you up with an email to let you know uh, when these ep- episodes will be posted. Actually, the first one. Also, that, I can't wait. Yeah, the first one we might as well tell you. The first one we recorded will be two seventy two. Yeah, this this uh, the next episode of Half Hour Wasted that's published. One uh, two seventy one is out now. Uh huh. And I'll usually publish them either Sunday night or Monday morning. Okay. So you can uh, go to hhwlod.com and get it there, or you can find us on iTunes. Yeah. And hhwlod is half hour wasted legion of dudes. Those are the uh, those are the big two of the other uh, network. If hey, you we're part of a big two. Yeah. That's neat. That's yeah. right, buddy. And Frank uh, apparently gets uh, down. Uh, he gets promoted to uh, Yuck Monkey. 
I still will, say it's a promotion. He, he may be, think it's demotion. He will be Yuck Monkey for the next two episodes that he's here. That's fantastic. Awesome. Good. I can't wait. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not as uh, it's not as late where you are as it is here, but uh, oh it's yeah, late enough. yeah, okay. So, um, so goodness, man. Um, you know, again, thank you so much, and uh, we will, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll get back with you. We'll uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try to bug you, uh, you know, once every year or so, and uh, see how uh, see how life is going. And uh, no problem. Smart, smart people. <laughs> Very good. We'll go cool. Um, so smart people go uh, go find Mr. John Luca Glazer and uh, hit him up for uh, services. And uh, you know, we'll uh, yeah. and then you know, then when you when you're done with that uh, uh, disposable uh, spending income cash flow whatever, um, I'll take some too. So awesome. Very All right, good. shut up, Bill. I'm going to shut up now. All right. So. This is me saying goodbye. I'm going to let Brad handle the actual goodbye because I'm shutting up now. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye to you, and then we'll do a little bit of wrap-up here on our own. So thanks very much for uh, spending the time with us. Oh, thank you very much. All right. We'll talk to you, we'll talk to you uh, real soon, okay? Cool. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Cool guy. That was nice. Cool guy. Now, so I've been – I don't know if I've been hyping this up. For the last year and a half, but I, I've mentioned it on and off that I had this gentleman yeah. that I wanted to talk to. Um, You've mentioned it a couple of times on yeah. the show, you know. Um, but that was that was fun and, and interesting. It's always I'm, it's always very cool to talk to people who have uh, have stories, especially when they deal with uh, the uh, the the children of uh, Gene Simmons. Uh, wow. Um, that was crazy. Man. That face I made during the <laughs> yeah, it had nothing to do with our interview. I didn't or figure it was so. something I saw on yeah. on the internet. You were looking right at the screen, and your eyes got real big. So yeah. I figured it was that. Um, yeah. The current. Uh, do I need to sit down for this? You are sitting down. Okay, that's good. The current score of the Texas Rangers baseball game. Yeah. Um, bottom of the fifth inning. Okay. I want you to guess by how many runs we are losing. Oh no! Who started tonight? Was it Colby? We're playing the Mariners, by yeah. the way. Well, the Mariners, the, the light hitting Mariners. I, you know, I'm, you might want to rethink psychic. that. I'm psychic, so um, so if I guessed, I'm sure I would actually get it right. So just tell me the score. Yeah, Rangers zero. Whoa, Mariners seventeen. <laughs> Holy cow! Holy cow. Nelson they, Cruz is at bat right now. Be, We've had two hits. Yeah. Guess, get this. The Mariners have scored 17 runs off of 17 hits. Yeah. Wow. I may need to see a box score. And then yeah. we. I came this close. Uh, I, I would have turned them down because of uh, tonight's interview. But um, there was a chance. A uh, good buddy of mine, uh, John Snicker, um, who went with us to the uh, the live aqua teen uh, thingy um he almost had tickets for uh, tonight's game and there's and a chance that i could have been there luckily, i almost did too wow yeah luckily he, he has a neighbor who had a it's pair a of tickets he, he had to offer to uh, one of his workmates first and luckily because uh, i felt like a heel i i wrote i wrote uh, uh i texted john this morning and said i'm sorry i can't go because I'm sitting there texting John about these about these Ranger tickets. At the same time, I'm doing this email on these talking points. I'm just trying to get stuff in order. Yeah. So I'm literally thinking about the show we're going to do tomorrow while I'm texting John about tickets 
for tomorrow night to the Rangers game, and somehow my my stinking brain never made the connection that hey, dude, you're talking about the same time, right? You know, Daddy. yes, Sage. You have got to speak up because nobody on the internet can hear you right now. Okay, uh, now let's enunciate well. Try it again. Can we go to McDonald's now? McDonald's. See, that's much better. That's all I wanted. I just wanted proper enunciation. So he wants to uh, go get some uh, some fries, maybe a parfait. No, this this parfait. Yeah. A cheeseburger. Wow. I don't know what mom's going to think about that. Hey, speaking of mom. Unfortunately for him, CeCe's is closed. Speaking of mom, yes. I'm going to call my mom right now and put okay. her on the show. If okay. you don't mind. No, I don't mind. We could just about cut this episode up. Into, we could have three episodes out of this, by the way. Yeah, we could. I want no pickles on my cheeseburger and no extra mustard. No extra. I always order extra mustard for you. Don't you know that? That's how we do it in the McDonald family. What else we lied? My younger daughter doesn't like mustard either. Hi. Oh. Son of a gun. That didn't work out the way I was hoping for. I'm going to try my dad's phone. Okay. I have no idea why. Are you going to ask him about the Rangers score? Because we were all supposed to beat this game. Oh, okay. Oops. Wow. I wonder, uh, my we go. my friend John is the I'm biggest. Hey, Dad, how are you? Hello? I'm fine. Hey, uh, you're on the, the recording of Half Hour Wasted with me and Bill right now. And Sage. Yeah? Now, uh. Want me to, want me to be funny? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, <laughs> what can it hurt? The reason I'm calling is because. I wanted to ask you if you're paying attention to the Rangers game. Oh, gee whiz. We're watching the Kevin Costner movie, Tom hey. Berenger and, and Guess Hatfields and the McCoys. Hatfields and McCoys. It's a good thing you oh, forgot about. It right now. No, don't turn it on. Trust me. No, don't turn it on. Don't turn it on. <laughs> oh. Quick, boy, that was a close call. <laughs> we were all supposed to be at this game tonight. Uh-oh. Remember? You and me and Frank and Bill? No. <laughs> no. You and me and Mom and oh, Kevin and yeah, his family? Yeah, yeah, Right, yeah. We couldn't afford it. Uh, because the tickets were ridiculous. But you, you, you want to know by how many points the Rangers are losing right now in the bottom of the fifth? Runs. What did no, I say? I really don't. What did I say, Not Bill? happy news. Points. Points. How many runs? Um... Well, the Rangers have not scored at all, uh, and the Mariners have scored 17 runs. Oh, my gosh. That happened to them last night. Well, aren't you, aren't you glad we didn't go to that game? Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. All I right. would rather have another knee operation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all. That is all. So happy now. Wait a minute. I assume you guys are having refreshments there, and I'd like you to bring something home for me. Okay. No we, problem. We haven't we haven't had the entire case yet. There's a couple left over. Well, I was told that Bill's wife is very sweet. 
Bill's wife uh, made some bean. Was it bean soup? Uh, that's what she called it. She but she it's experiments all gone. sometimes. It's all gone, Dad. Yeah. There oh, was man. there was a uh, pinto beans, okay. some kale, some carrots, and heaven knows what else. It was yummy though. By yeah. the way, yesterday when I went to Home Depot, my home away from home, I met my favorite electrician. Then we chatted. I said, "What'd you do this weekend?" He says, "Well, yesterday." I made beans and cabbage, and I said, oh, I'll be seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. I get that. Yeah. All right, okay. Dad. I'm going to let you go so I can finish Bad up here. Bye, Bill. Bye, Bill's wife. Bye, Bud. All right. Bye. Thank you. It would have been awkward if I said love you. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Um. Yeah. 17 to nothing. 17 0. And we were literally supposed to be at this game. Jeez. So uh, tonight definitely worked out well. Yes. We got to avoid the beating of being at the ballpark for a 17 0 lead that you're trapped at. I need to uh, I need to go, go look this up and uh, see exactly how bad it's getting. But uh, yeah, that's okay. Let's wrap this up. Yep. We don't need to do that uh, on air. I can, uh, yeah. I can look at the, uh, the box score uh, all by myself. Jeez, amazing. Brad wasn't kidding. It really is 17 nothing. by yes. the way. Thank you for listening to Half Hour Wasted, episode 273. Join us next time as Frank gets demoted to Yuck Monkey for two episodes. Poor Frank. Oh, you know what? I'm going to kill this. This is episode 273. Yeah. Two weeks from now is episode yes. 275. And I don't know about you, but I've done no planning. What are you doing? No planning. I, you're... You must... Numbers earlier. He is... Your phone. Oh, that you know what? That's mine. My bad. That's that's very strange. Mine just automatically started. What? Yes, yeah, so we see the red light. I'm just okay. Now my mic's back up. Okay, so wow. So uh, um, let me Holland, look at the calendar. Holland and Tatiyama gave up a, uh, a grand total of 16 runs. Calendar in um, in. Basically, uh, two and a half innings. That's All right, here awesome. we go. So, episode 275 mm-hmm. uh, will be published on Monday the 25th. Okay? Okay. Which means we could do, we want to do a call-in show, and Frank's out of town, right? Yes. Right. Um, if we could get together on a Sunday evening. Yeah. That or a Saturday evening. Okay. We could publish it. Uh, t- two days later on the Monday. Cool. So either, let's just say this, either the 23rd or the 24th will be our call-in show. Sounds good. 972-798-3830. We'll look and see if uh, the professor will be home on uh, one or or one of those evenings, hopefully. Because the kids are good. I mean, they, they've hardly intruded on us at all. Zoe hasn't stepped into the garden room once since I think we started she's taping. Dead. Um, I, hear, I hear someone making popcorn. That's almost certainly her. So I'm yeah, going to take an educated guess that you're wrong. Yeah, that's Zoe. Yes. So the 23rd of June or the 24th of June will be our live call-in show. Great. Saturday night or Sunday night. So keep an eye on, hopefully, you know, when episode 274 airs, we'll have a better idea. Yep. So stay keep, tuned for that important announcement. Keep an eye there and on the Half Hour Wasted Twitter. <sighs> okay. 
All right. It was nice bringing some content to the show for once. Yes. No, you did well. You did well. Wow. So here we go with the I'm closing music. I'm not this. No, we're good. Uh, leave us a voicemail at uh, uh, 972-798-3830. Write us at brad at, bill at, or frank at halfhourwasted.com or halfhourwasted at gmail.com. I'm going to need those on so I can go home. Okay, buddy? So don't lose them or break them. All right. You're the man. All right. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Oh, wait. I'm Bill. I'm Brad. I'm Jim Luca. I'm, I'm Frank. Ah! I don't have her wasted.